Hey, this is Brian. I just wanted to chime in at the beginning of the show to let everyone know throughout this episode, we keep referring to the show notes. We refer back to a lot of photos in this episode. So to make it easy, please go to tfradio.net slash rpgll043. That's tfradio.net. That's our website slash rpgll043, tfradio.net slash rpgll043. RPG lessons learned. When the game is over, when your players are gone, that's when lessons are learned. We are at RPGLL Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, RPGLL Podcast at gmail.com, and check us out online at RPGLessonsLearned.com. Welcome to RPG Lessons Learned. I'm here with Brian. Hey, Dusty. How's it going? It's going really well. And Mike. Hi, Dusty. How's it going? I'm doing good. Today, we're talking about a game that I, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have fond memories of it. so we're talking about ninja turtles you guys remember when we took our friend ricky and introduced him to the magic and wonder of role-playing games through ninja turtles in fifth edition yep sure do that was i i actually had a great time i i enjoyed it so let's go ahead and start off with with ratings on a one to ten scale one being terrible and ten being amazing i want you guys to rate the game and then and then we'll we'll talk through that as, as we so, so I'm going to do this. I know this is a podcast, but I'm, I've got my rating made with my hands. I've got it up here, and I'm not going to say it out. I'm going to raise it up so that Mike sees it. Mike needs to do the same thing, and just slowly, slowly, okay. slowly, slowly. Seven. Oh, six. Okay. Wow, Mike rated it lower. So so I actually have kind of a caveat to this. My, my actual experience would be a six. I think the potential was a nine. The potential was high here, I will admit. Yeah, there was a lot of potential, and, and I think... And we, we I, I squandered it. No, no, I, I think I think it was a... I don't know if I want to get into it yet, because I think it's going to yeah, be yeah. something we talk about all, later, but... All of the fun wasn't just at the table. It was leading up to the game. Yeah, yes. I had a lot of fun leading up to the game. Yes. All right, let's... Let, Let's uh, give me first impressions. So we, we always say, hey, you know, we'll hang on to that for later. You know, just jump into your first impression. What, what's your 10,000-foot view elevator speech for what your opinion is of this game? I think this game was probably a better example of friends hanging out, having a good time than it was masterful role-playing not to say that any of our games are masterful role-playing right but i i don't feel like any of us at this session were really in that that role-playing rpg so, mindset that's a great summary yeah thank you ricky had never R- role-played before yep. and jason actively dislikes it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so i mean that's a challenge right yep, there all right yep. Brian, what's your elevator pitch for your opinion of this game i mean basically the same thing i mean it was fun in the sense that I was just so invested in it going in with all of the preamble uh, that I mean, it took weeks to to get into the game. It was fun exposing the uh, system and RPGs to Ricky. And, I mean, even at the end, he said he would definitely play again. And he hasn't. And but he never did. Yeah. <laughs> but no. it's just the opportunity hasn't uh, presented itself. Yeah, we haven't really invited him back down for another game. It's, it's, it's tough for him to get down here. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, let's go ahead and just talk about the game then. So, 
90% prep, 10% play, I would say, on my part. I did so much prep for this game. You did. Um, I went crazy prepping. Do you guys remember all, all the prep that I did? Yeah. I remember receiving, like, a postcard and some Ninja Turtle stickers and, like, the Ninja Turtle care package. <laughs> I, I felt like I was subscribed to, like, like a like a loot box for this game. Yeah, I sent you guys two <laughs> different pieces of direct mail. Yeah. I'm saying direct mail. It's marketing. <laughs> well, hey, it's business business flavored, so direct mail works. Yep. I sent you two pieces of direct mail. The first piece, I had I'd actually gone to Party City and bought some Ninja Turtle invitations. Yep. So you got the invitation first, and, and I, I went ahead and chose your turtles for you. I assigned the turtles, otherwise I knew there'd be a fight over Leonardo. <laughs> but uh, I assigned your turtles in the invitation, um, and then I followed that on a, a few weeks later when I had actually built your character sheet. And yeah, Mike, I... I Every character sheet was was on a piece on, a, on an index card that was graph paper. Yep. And uh, I had used stickers to illustrate the turtle. So instead of a character portrait, you know, I just bought a book of stickers for Leonardo's character portrait. It was Leonardo's sticker. Yep. I, and we all, we'll have pictures of all that in the show notes, Brian, because yeah. in the show notes, I actually have yeah. all of these pictures. And I have that stuff saved because it's very dear to me. Actually, yeah. I think you sent me two uh, invitations because the first came to my old house because this was right as I moved. And then I think you sent a second one to my new address. Mm. So I have two copies of the invitation laying around somewhere. Awesome. Yeah, you, you cared that much. That's, yeah, that's I, the I, I was really trying. Yeah, everyone, every player got those two pieces of mail. And, and, and even the character sheet was way before. So you guys show up. And then in addition to me mailing you your character sheet, I also had an extra copy that I had made. And by the way, I laminated these index cards. Like, yeah. I, I took great care with this. So you'll see in the show note pictures that these, these index cards are laminated. But I, I made extra copies, too. Didn't you specifically buy a laminator from Amazon primarily for this? Maybe. <laughs> I, th- I thought I remember having that conversation. You know, in all seriousness, side note, that laminator has been the best RPG piece, uh, uh, peripheral, uh, whatever you want to call it, it's been the best thing I've same, ever bought. Just the same one? Yes, same one. Amazon, <laughs> Amazon Basics. I love that laminator. I have done so many maps and laminated them, character sheets and laminated them. Like, I have had so much fun with the laminator. I bought this one for a Patreon project that I'm going to do eventually. Awesome. Yeah, I think laminator is my favorite RPG purchase I've ever made. Uh, what, oh, Susan already had the paper cutter, though, right? She did, yes. I, I, I yeah. have the same paper cutter that Susan has, the swing line. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's a swing line. It's Yeah, it's a nice... I think Mike was gonna anyway. I, I got I got the I got the paper cutter, but I never got the laminator. Yeah, yeah. We are such nerds. Office, we are such nerds. Hey, business business flavored uh, speech and talking about office supplies in your RPG game. <laughs> All right, so there were the mailers. You guys remember the other prep that I did? Uh, so I remember you bought you bought went to Party City and got ninjas for the foot. Yes, for the Foot Clan. Party City's got these amazing bags of ninjas. Again, pictures in the show notes. Lots of lots of visuals in this game. Tons and tons of visuals. And I bought like three or four bags of these things, and I based them all. And these ninjas came in a bunch of colors. It was like blue, um, purple, yellow, red, black. It's like the arcade game. Yep. Um, yes, like the arcade game. And it was is actually a lot like the Bad Dudes arcade game. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dragon yep. Ninja. Yep. Bad Dudes versus Dragon Ninja. That's right. The different colored ninjas. The red ninja always dropped loot. Yep. Anyway. Um, so I, I had those ninjas. I, I based those. I glued those down to base to make them like the Foot Clan. Uh, they were a little ridiculous and cartoony. For the Turtle Minis, I, I we, we talked about the Fidal publishing My Busy Books a while ago, a couple podcasts ago. 
same thing. I, I, I bought the Fidal Publishing Ninja Turtles, my busy book, and I used, I, I took those turtle minis and I based them. I, I put them on bases and those were our minis. Ooh, remember the Casey Jones mini? Yep. Didn't you use like a muscle figure? For yes, that? it was a muscle man. Yeah. Oh, that's yep. right. Yep, yep. So I, I, I kit bashed a muscle man and uh, there was already one that was wearing a mask. So I made a hockey stick out of, uh, out of some chopsticks or a coffee stir or something and some hot glue. I made him holding a hockey stick and then I painted him up like Casey Jones. Yeah. That thing was awesome. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Again, pictures in the show notes. I kit bashed together a rock steady from a, a muscle man. Mm-hmm. I, I used hot glue on his face to, to build out the snout and then a little bit of hot glue on the end to make the horn. And I painted him up like Rocksteady. So, guys, we had Turtle Minis. We had Bebop and Rocksteady because Bebop was just a, a, a I had a boar, like an orc that was pig-faced. Yeah. I used a pig-faced orc. So we had Bebop. We had Rocksteady. We had Shredder from the my busy book. Um, we had April, Splinter, Tons of Foot Clan, tons of Foot Clan. We had a ton of minis for this stuff. Did we have a Rat King? No, no I guess no, not. No, we sad, sad. No, no crank. So, the April Communicator. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> there. I, I don't know about how much of that we can talk on the podcast, but yes, yeah, I, I remember a, that. I did a search for April O'Neil cosplayers and found one, and I, I printed it up the picture and laminated it, and I actually made a Turtle Communicator, yeah. like, like the old TV show. And then as we were playing, it was pointed out to me that that, that, that particular lady Cosplayer. that I chose may or may not have starred in several adult videos that were April O'Neil themed. Yeah. So, so total accident, but, but people <laughs> at the table recognized it. Ricky, like immediately. Ricky, immediately. Ricky, immediately. Ricky recognized it. I, I didn't want to call out Ricky, but yeah, he was just like, oh, that's that's April O'Neil. Rick, Rick, Ricky can uh, recognize his porn stars. He just has that as a skill. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the piece of prep that I was most proud of. Those maps. You spent a lot of time on those maps. My God, I did. And yep. yeah, there, there are pictures of those in the show notes too, Brian. I took these uh, pieces of poster board, and Food Lion carries them. They're called Ghost Line. And Food Lion's a grocery store in this in North Carolina. Yes, in the southeast. It is. Yes. I think that's probably easy to assume, but who knows? Yeah. Um. Anyway, I think Walmart has it too. But point is, uh, it, it's it's poster board that has half inch grid on it, and I, I I love gaming paper. But sometimes I use Ghost Line poster board when I want something really nice and thick. And I, I built three maps. I did a warehouse, I did the turtle sewers, and I did a street scene. Mm-hmm. And those are the three maps that I did. And I made those maps. I gave them perspective. Yep. It was top down, and I had actually built perspective into those maps. That was just a lot of evenings with a ruler and, and a bunch of different Sharpies of different, of different widths laying out and drawing those maps and i was so proud of those maps they looked really good they did look really good do, do you still have these maps i do do you think it'd be possible to somehow capture that in an image format that someone could potentially print that to scale and that might be some some Ooh. content we could put on the website one i day? would love to i don't know who would print that size because even even like staples don't they isn't the max they print like well, hell, I don't know. I mean, if somebody has access to a plotter, you could absolutely yeah. do it. Okay, we'll look into it. Or if we could scale it to like to fit on a couple of eight and a half by 11s, to like that's four. That's a great idea, Mike. We will absolutely look into that because there's nothing that's Turtles branded on these maps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I could just put these maps out for free as like a, hey, here's, like, hey some, here's some, your random ninja game maps. maps. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there are pictures in the show notes of these maps. Uh, God, I'm proud of them. 
And uh, I guess with all this prep talk, if you're getting bored uh, listening to the podcast, sorry about that, but I'm trying to emphasize. Well, that's 90% of the game. The game, yeah. It's, yes. So much work and so much loving care. <laughs> I was so pumped about what an amazing game this was going to be with all these visuals and preps and I was so pumped that it was going to be Ricky's first game, and I was going to have all this stuff ready and done, and, and his first RPG experience would have this amazing, you know, miniatures and maps and communicator handout and all this this this, this UI. So so pumped for that, and then we start to play, and uh, and what happened? I, I got a hard stop. Oh, I- when was that? That, that was during the game. Uh, someone had a hard stop for uh, 4 o'clock, I think it was, and we didn't start the game until, like, 1. Yeah, because we were having fun talking and all that. Yeah. No, so, so the game was combat-heavy. Yeah. I forgot about the hard stop. By the way, for those of you at home, we, we this is another one that we recorded, and we, and we listened to it before we recorded this podcast. Um, guys, the, I, I prepared combats, and I, I did all the stats for Shredder and Bebop and Rocksteady, and I did all the stats for the different colored Foot Clan ninjas. And I had a crap ton of those. So it, we started the game, and I did a very brief April Calls You on the Communicator, and then boom, we were in combat. Yep. And man, we were in combat for like the rest of the game. Yep. Listening to that recording of, of us playing, it was just numbers the whole time. It was clatter, clatter, dice. I got a 17. Hit. Clatter, clatter, dice. Eight damage. Clatter, clatter, dice. I got an 18 hit. So I'll say this. You, over the last couple of years, especially going through the Pathfinder game, have really found ways to streamline the way that a game flows to make it more enjoyable. Yep. As a DM, I don't think you had quite developed those chops yet. I think you're still feeling your way through. I think that if we were to do this now, it would be um, more exciting and less tactical. I would probably even just use an entirely different system. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Why yeah. use five E? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I like five E for a lot of things, and I like five E for. Ooh, I've never thought of it this way before, but this is this is really interesting. I love five E for the idea of a character that that will absolutely grow and develop. Like if you're doing Game of Thrones, you need five E yeah. because you need that character to grow and develop and get better at stuff, and that's what five E is amazing at is simulating that. But if you're literally running a one-shot and growing and developing and all that doesn't matter as much, yeah, yeah, I would use something much much more rules-light. What are you thinking? Ah, oh, man, I don't know. Maybe the index card RPG after after yeah after our really good experience at at Mace, Mace yeah. with the Scotty. Scotty, yeah, that that would be good for this. That game. would be a great be system. Really Raphael would be an amazing rogue. Yeah. Donatello would be an amazing wizard. You just reflavor the spells to be gadgets. Gadgets, yeah. Yep. Um, Leonardo would obviously be a, a fighter. fighter. What would Michelangelo be? Kind of a bard? Also a fighter. There's, I don't think there was, there's, 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 there wasn't a bard in that system, was there? Yeah. Well, the point is we would figure it out. <laughs> figure it out, but... Yeah, the, the, actually, Mike, the index card RPG, there's a lot more to it than even what we played at DM Scotty's table. Hmm. Okay. Uh, that would I, that would be great. I, we, sh- we should do that. Ooh, I can make Leonardo a cleric and make Michelangelo the fighter. Oh, that's a good idea. Because Leonardo can def- definitely do that, that leader stuff. Or like a paladin that he has that, that straight path he's got he to is follow. To- that, he is totally that paladin. justice, yeah. So that, that rules light stuff. I want to play this now. Yeah, see? If, yeah. if, if the dice <laughs> get out of the way. So with the, with the dice being in the way so much and the numbers being in the way so much, again, great system, and I love that I put this together, for a campaign where you know you're going to 
put a lot of work into building this character and developing this character. But for a one-shot, man, yeah, same minis, same maps. I want to try this again with the index card RPG. Yeah, I mean, different a different game, not necessarily the same story. I mean, it wouldn't be hard. Oh, for sure, yeah. yeah. And, and get, get Ricky back down. Uh, Chris played. And yep. Jason wouldn't have to be there because he doesn't care about RPGs. Yeah, true. And we could have a fun game. We could ha- bring Nathan in instead. Yeah, and then maybe we could actually RP. Yeah, because how much RP did we do in this game? None. None. We didn't even. <laughs> we didn't even RP as turtles. We yeah. we weren't even doing we Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. What struck me about listening to this game is that we spent the whole time either clatter clatter number clatter clatter number, or making side table talk jokes. Yeah. Like we spent uh, an inordinately long time trying to figure out how the Ninja Turtles disposed of Foot Clan corpses. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it was yes. nothing but like like meta jokes the entire time, and then dice and numbers the whole time. Yeah. So we were so disengaged from the story of the session. Like there there were a million miles between us and the story. We we were playing a board game. I could see that. I, I think kind of the other thing that. And I don't want to. I don't want to assert my opinion on you, but kind of one thing I'm surprised that didn't come, that hasn't come up in this conversation yet, was how you spent all this prep and work time, and we basically wound up fast forwarding through like three quarters of the story due to time time constraints. I think that was the other thing that was working against this game too, right? Is Were we, time constraints? Yeah, we had to cram all of this game that you had made and prepared into this short time frame. I think time was only a problem, Mike. So, so let's go back to the the, the goal conversation and, and realizing what your constraint is. Yep. When you have a constraint and you haven't realized what it is, the symptoms of that constraint can show up all over the place. Mm. So, because of the side table talk, because of the unable to stay on focus on the game, that was causing and I think the root cause of all that is the amount of rolling in numbers. numbers. Yep. I mean, just we were so bogged down in the rolling in the numbers that. It kept us disengaged from the story. Yep, and it kept us from moving quickly. How much of that was do you think was because it was Ricky's first game? I remember early on when I was playing in Hell, probably for years, I again wasn't necessarily the best RPGer, and I never bothered learning the system as well as I should. And I was always asking questions. Well, what do I do next? Okay, how do I do this? Yeah, I don't know. Ricky was pretty quiet, so I was actually listening for Ricky as I re-listened to this. Yeah, the one thing I noticed, Brian, about Ricky and us engaging Ricky and teaching Ricky the rules, to your point, is I noticed a bad habit of mine, which is that when I explain a rule, mm-hmm. I explain it in its current state, and then I'll say, in previous systems, here's what used to happen. And as I re-listen to it, I'm like, that's so confusing. Mm-hmm. That's so confusing for a new person. The best thing to do is just... Adjudicate the rule. Yeah. Like, 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 the, the one I remember, the example I remember the most, it happened several times, but the example I remember the most was Advantage. When mm. Ricky was like, oh, so how do I roll with advantage? And I'm like, oh, roll 2d20 and take the highest. And then I said, hey, in the previous edition, it was it was add two. And I'm like, why did I say that? Why did I confuse him? Like, let, just let him learn the rule at the table. And then later on, once he has it firmly and, you know, he has that firm mental framework for 5e, then I can tell him about the history of it, the rule. It's a shame you don't wear glasses because that would have been a perfect opportunity to to push them back up your nose, as you know. In previous, well, systems. actually, well, actually, <laughs> you know what? I bet it is though. 
I bet you kind of automatically go into that adjudication we, mode because we have asked you so many times. And we forget because yeah. we've played so many systems. Well, no, no, no. Yeah. Adjudication mode's fine, but why did I tell them about a previous edition that had no bearing on what was happening at the table? That's what I'm saying. I think you're going into your backup brain mode where you're having to be like, no, 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 Mike. Advantage is plus two, or no, advantage no, is roll two this, dice. This was Ricky. Who, I know it was Ricky, oh, but, but I'm just saying, saying I'm so used to- you're so used to going into that mode that you're just like adding the extra information because you're used to having to correct the player. Yeah, whatever the case, I should have kept the rules explanations like really crisp and clean and easy. Yeah. When you're training a new person, you got to keep that crisp, clean, easy, and on point. Yeah, my rules explanations, God, I did a miserable job of that. And, and, and the story, talk about the RP not being any good. Ricky, as this new player of RPGs, had no interesting decisions to make. He had no fun decisions that had a bearing on the out- on the, on the outcome of the game. We should have started off with Dusk. <laughs> <laughs> That's like everyone's moral barometer now. What would you do in Dusk? Yeah. I don't know, but but we didn't give Ricky any interesting decisions. He didn't he didn't get to see the best part of an RPG, which is doing anything you want. And we just jumped straight into, "Hey, this is a board game. Here's dice, here's numbers. Go." And I really regret that. And I think with a rules light system for his first game, the the story and engaging with the story and coming up with cool ways to do stuff would have been cool. Although I say that, did you notice how railroady I was? There was some railroady, but uh, I don't know. I mean, you had made three maps with the intent of using three maps. It's yeah. kind of that that balance of I do all this prep. By God, I want to use everything yeah. I prepped. Yeah, so, so, I railroaded the action. Mike, Mike hit the nail right on the head. I railroaded the action onto the maps that I'd created. So, quick question: Why was this Ricky's first game? Did you you didn't set this game up because you wanted Ricky to play? Ricky just happened to play this, right? Yeah, it just seemed like a great entry point for Ricky. It was a one shot. It was Ninja Turtles, which is an IP that we all know. So, with Ricky. When I've always talked to him about D and D and everything, Ricky is the biggest fan of high of high fantasy that I know. Ricky reads. Ricky has continuously reads the Lord of the Rings. He might read it fifteen times in a year. So, like when I've talked to him, it's always been in terms of you know like playing a wizard, you know, or a paladin, or a fighter, and that's it's just interesting that our, his first exposure was the Ninja Turtles. That's that's so true. I hadn't thought of that. I wonder if maybe Ricky came into the game sideways, right? Like you had set this up and planned it, and then it was like, "Hey, let's let's invite Ricky." Let's possibly. Let's I don't remember. I don't remember. Actually, yeah. I think so, and that's why he's, that's why he played Casey Jones. Yeah, because we, ah, we had yeah. five protagonists, so it was the four turtles, and then I had Casey for him. That, that sounds right. about right. So railroady because of the maps, and, and yeah, man, prep is such a double-edged sword. On the one hand, good prep that comes up naturally is such a boon to your game but prep that just prep can be a prison you prep the maps and those are the maps you have and i didn't have any other modern day maps all my other maps are like fantasy taverns with candles and torches and well you know oftentimes in, in cartoons like that just to change things up hey we traveled back in time yeah <laughs> turtles in time <laughs> there you go yep so railroad to do the maps um what could we have done better I, I think you hit the nail on the head. 5e for a one shot is not the system to play. We didn't know it at the time. Well, for this game. I don't want to. I don't want to. I love 5e. 
and I'm sure there are many wonderful one shots in five E. But for us in this occasion, for somebody who's never played before, and yeah. somebody who also isn't interested in RPGs, five yeah. E is not the system for them. Especially for the first time they're going out. Yeah, for this game, I agree. Totally agree. I wonder if there's something to be said that maybe, maybe you didn't, maybe not intentionally, but maybe uh, subconsciously probably isn't the right word I'm looking for, but maybe there was something in the back of your head that says, oh, Jason's going to come to play. Maybe I do make this a little more board gamey since Jason doesn't like RPGs. Yeah, Jason always says that, that he plays RPGs emphasis on the G. Yeah. He wants, he's there to game, not to RP. Right. Maybe. Maybe. I appreciate that credit you're giving me. Maybe. I don't know. I look back on it and God, what an amateur. I mean, we were having fun. We laughed the whole time, but we laughed because of our table talk, not because of the game. It's, it's So it's just like doing a podcast with multiple people. Like I have sometimes they're phenomenal. And then sometimes we go off the rails and it's hard to and not not saying this show because actually this show is nice and tight since it's just the three of us. But on my main show, I might have six or seven people on it sometimes. Tomorrow, I'm probably going to have eight people for my uh, annual Toy Fair live stream. But, you know, sometimes it doesn't go the way you want. It's collaborative. It's not just one person yeah, directing no, the whole true. thing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right. And visuals are the icing, not the cake. I, I keep, I mean, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you heard that in the Halloween game episode where I made the tavern. Yep. Um, you've heard it in, in, in several episodes where I went overboard on the visuals and then the game itself wound up being lackluster because the visuals became a prison that I had to live in. So remember that, that your visuals are the icing and not the cake. And then finally, keep your rules explanations light. You're, you're, you're starting a new player. Keep it light. They don't need to know about the past. They don't need the full context. You don't need to brain dump the entire history of initiative or the entire history of alignment. Or the entire history of advantage. Just tell them what they need to know and move on. And later, as they become interested, then have that discussion. But for that first game, when they're trying to figure stuff out, don't overburden them. I totally agree with that. Yep. I am pumped to try another Ninja Turtles game in a different rules light system. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I think that'll be fun. And it'll be interesting to see if we can get Ricky down just to see what his his opinion of that game is. compared. Although, I mean, you say that. I think Ricky's next game should be high fantasy. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, good point. Yep. All right, let's leave it there. Thank you for listening to RPG Lessons Learned, the show where we uh, we let you learn from our mistakes. People call them postmortems, evaluations, appraisals, reviews, retrospectives. We call them lessons learned, and we're sharing ours with you.